Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in the J-Hand Special, where they talk about Magic the Gathering, Warhammer 40k, Dungeons and Dragons, and other aspects of my nerdy life. My name is John, I'll be the host for this Warhammer Wednesday, and today we're going to talk about the open war mission pack you can get from Warhammer 40k, 9th edition. I'm going to share some of my thoughts on this little deck of cards, why I think it's a good idea for you to get, um, and why it could be a bad idea for you to get as well. Like the rest of our short episodes, we're going to save the sponsor till the end of the episode, so when you guys are ready, let's dive right on in. So to start off with, if you're not quite aware about open war, narrative play, um, I guess open play, narrative play, and uh, match play, the real big difference is not match play is like your competitive format. You're trying to get as close to a level playing field as you can. You want to get equal point or power levels depending on what kind of uh, deck building you guys decide to go with. So if you're playing a 25 power level army, you want your opponent to be playing a 25 power level army. If you are playing 250 points, you want your opponent to play 250 points. That's kind of what match play is focused on, is trying to make as levels a playing field for everybody to jump into the game. And that's where a lot of like the meta and a lot of controversy around like point changes usually comes in and out. Um, Additions or removals of like forge world units or like units become legends. That's where match play really has its biggest... I guess, scene or their vocalization, especially on places like Reddit or Tumblr or, you know, other places, other social media where you can find Warhammer 40k content. That's usually where they're talking about these specific models and these updates that are coming out all the time. Narrative play, it's pretty much what it reads. Narrative play is focused on the narrative of your game. Um, it's about telling a story with these different models. I would equate this closer to Dungeons & Dragons while still st- you're still playing Warhammer 40k, but you're adding more of a narrative aspect to your game. You might have a hero that will go battle from battle. While the rest of the army may change, that hero will stay the same, and you're telling a story with it. Uh, think of, I-, I like to say, like the, the first strike box that I got, and even No No Fear, that was a big part whenever you're playing through those introduction missions, I would say that's closer to narrative play because you don't actually have full units. You have three different like intercessors going against six poxwalkers at a first strike. And then you update and you got one reaver versus six poxwalkers. And then you've got, you know, it just kind of keeps building upon itself and it tells a narrative or a story. That's kind of what narrative play is kind of focused on. It could be a set of games or it could be one single game is the narrative in itself. Narrative play doesn't really care that much about the point level. It's more about the rule of cool and trying to tell a story with those models that you put on the battlefield. So, I don't know. I'll probably do more talking about narrative play. I haven't done much playing on that side, but it might be something I'm interested in doing in the future. And then finally, you have open play. Um, open play is it's kind of like the mix between the two. You don't necessarily have to follow like the actual detachment buildings, so you don't have to have a patrol detachment or battalion, you just kind of play with the models you have. You can play with understrength units, you can play with full strength units, um, you know, you just gotta make sure that they're legal, so not, don't bring 15 intercessors and say, oh yeah, I can totally do this because Max you can bring us 10. So there are some rules to try and keep things level or keep it quote-unquote fair, but it's not so much focused on making sure everybody is at the same point level. And it's great for beginners when you're starting into the game is to start playing some open play. If you've downloaded the free rules, um, either directly from that new 40k app, or if you um, just decided to go online, look for the free PDF, and then download the rules that way for 9th edition, um, you'll probably figure out, oh, I've got all the rules that I need to actually play the game, but they only give me one mission, which is the... um, 
only war mission. So it's pretty bare bones, pretty generic. It's got a little bit of, I guess, variability, you know, with some changes to the map and the objectives you decide to take. Um, I remember 8th edition, you had to roll off for it there. I believe 9th edition is the same way to determine what kind of like objectives and everything you have. Um, open play is pretty common for a lot of people that get started off just because if you don't have all your models assembled, you can still play open play. Um, you can man a three-man reaver squad or a three-man intercessor squad and call it a squad. You have to account for the power level of the full squad, but when you're playing open play, you use what you got, and that's, that's something I really love about this specific format. I've made my case for match play you know, beforehand, and I still really do like match play just for the simple fact that you can go through, hit the ground running, and be like, okay, I'm trying to get to this set you know, power or point limit, and my opponents and I are playing on that same side, and we're doing equal battlefield, so think of like Dawn of War, where you have half the table, I have half the table, and let's just fight it out, duke it out, and see who's the best. That's why I like match play. Um, open play, I like it because it adds some variability, and you can really change some things up, and it's also great for new people to get into the game. So, now that I've explained kind of what each of the three different types of play are, the open war mission pack is really good for people that want to do open play. I would not recommend this pack if you are like, hey, I'm going to jump in and I am playing match play. I am going to my local gaming store where they hold tournaments and we are playing match play games. I wouldn't recommend wasting the money on the pack then. If you have no intention of using it or if you don't have a play group or a group of people or a war gaming group that you play with that say, yes, we want to play with this open war pack, then, um, yeah, don't drop the money on it. Drop it on something else, uh, like the, the Grand Tournament Packet, the chapter approved, which I'll probably talk about in the future, but that one's really great because it has rules and it has a bunch of the match play missions. So the Open War Pack, it is a deck of cards. It is a mission pack that you're going to find the rules required to actually play an Open War game. Um, and the thing I like about it is it does add some randomness to your game. You both don't you and your opponent, you don't go in saying, oh, I know exactly how this game is going to go. What you do is you sit at your table and you put all the terrain on the table. Say, okay, perfect, here we go. You can wait till afterwards too if you want, but I don't know, it, it's up to you. But you've assembled your, ter your, um, your terrain on the table and then you put each of the different cards into um, different piles. Now, they have... 12 different cards for deployment, so it'll change up how your armies can actually deploy on the map. It's going to have 18 twist cards, which is kind of like it's, um, it adds a twist to the game, you know. It may give a bonus to all your guys charging, it might slow everybody down, might give a penalty to shooting, you know, it, you might get some mortal wounds. I mean, it's really, um, really cool, and it adds just a variety to the game. It says, hey, you're not just playing a stand there, shoot there kind of game. You're having to play around the rest of the strategies of it. You also have six sudden death cards, which is um, if you have one army that is half of the strength of the opposing model or the opposing opponent, um, you then get to have one of these sudden death cards. And what it is, a sudden death card is a huge advantage to the person that brought less models to the table, especially if you're going half. Now, I this specific card is why I love love this pack because for me when I'm introducing new people to the game I have close to 2,000 points of space marines my friends do not my, my buddy who has 
you know, played 40K with me and has kind of gone through, he has close to about a thousand points of a soup army between Space Wolves and Astro Militarum. So even if I was to bring my full force, he was to bring his full force, he's at half strength. Now, of course, we can go down, I can match up to him and everything and play it that route, but the sudden death helps out with giving a huge advantage. Um, so like one of the cards, I believe you go through it and it says, as long as your opponent doesn't have any models inside your deployment zone, and you have at least one model in your deployment zone, you win the game. So it, it like, it really just, it changes the win con of the game. So if your opponent is playing with half strength, it changes how the game is going to be played. It's going to change objective. You, the person that has the most, you still have to play the mission to the best of your ability. But now you also have to play to try to make sure they don't get that objective. So it's really great. Another one I really like is you essentially, uh, you put all of your dead models into like a kind of reinforcement side of things and you get to completely deploy again um, once you're able to play the sudden death card. And it's kind of like, it's your whim. You can decide when you want to play your sudden death card. Um, and I think that's great. So like if you're playing, you know, 500 point combat patrol army. So if your buddy's got, you know, 500 points of space Marines, but maybe your other buddy you got into the game is starting off small and only has maybe 250 points or less of Astro Militarum. Well, there you go. You've got you've got sudden death cards to actually make this format viable for everybody to get to play together and still have some fun. You can still play 40k with the rules and everything. The only difference is that you don't have to worry so much about crushing your opponent or having to build your army even smaller. You can still build your 500 point army. Just their 250 point army still hits the table just fine. And then there are six ruse cards, which this one is not the half. So sudden death is if you have somebody who has half of the amount of an army. Ruse is just if you have less. So even if you're like, hey, your buddy has got 400 or maybe 350 points of a specific army and you've got 500, they can get a ruse card. They don't get the sudden death, but they've got ruse. The ruse kind of gives them advantage on top of that sudden death card. So sudden death is more so around hey, this is how the game is gonna end, this is how you're gonna finish up, this is giving a easier chance for your opponent with the less models to win. Ruse, it gives an advantage or or gives a disadvantage to one of the players, depending on you know, who's it gonna go through. But the benefit goes to the person with the smallest army. So, Open War, the mission pack is really cool. Um, depending on where you're buying it, you can buy it for cheap or it, you know, it could be expensive. I don't know how limited the print run is or anything, but if you are somebody that's getting into the game and you only have like the free PDF, this is a great, great way to get missions for the game. <clears throat> so I'm not going to just leave off, you know, kill team from this episode because Yes, the, the deck is specifically designed to play Warhammer 40k 9th edition games. If you're playing it 8th edition, you could probably make it work for 8th edition as well. You could probably make it work for several different ways. But honestly, I have found that Open War, this little pack, does work pretty well for Kill Team 2. Um, rather than going by like specific point costs, like, oh, you hold 1, you get 5 points. You hold 2, you got 5 points. You hold more, you got 5 points. Or you kill more models than your opponents or secondary objectives. It doesn't really go that route. Instead, it's more of an abstract. Uh, like, for instance, when you're looking at the missions, one says count up your points level or your power level of all the different units that were destroyed. And then um, whoever has the most at the end of the game 
or on turn five, which is the end of the game, wins, whether or not your army has been destroyed or not. So if you bring, you know, a 75-point army and your entire 75-point army gets destroyed, but you destroyed 80% of your opponent's army, you win the game or win that specific match with your opponent just for the simple fact that you killed more of their models, more of their points, more of their, you know, power. So when you're looking at kill team, what I would say is if you do pick this up, it is another little supplement to help you kind of change things up. Um, what I would do is I would just say, hey, when it says power level or points, of course, kill teams play with points. So use your points level. Uh, when it says units on the card, it said say model, you know, um, when it says warlord, say leader or your commander. Like, so you may want to just name one of those things, one of your warlords. So I would say like, for simplicity's sake, if you have your leader in the battlefield and that's all you have, then name them your warlord. If you have your commander on the battlefield, then name them your warlord, so on and so forth. But looking through all of the uh, the cards, I just went through and made those simple changes. Anywhere that said unit, I just said, okay, model in this case. Anywhere that said power level or warlord, I made sure to make the modification to kind of jump it over to kill team. And it works out pretty stinking well. I, I really think it's a good investment for you if you play, you know, Warhammer 40K, um, specifically the ninth edition, like Combat Patrol or any other open play, go for it. If you are playing kill team, this is a great one to include as well. You have to do a little bit of tweaking, but it's not super bad. So put that on the pros list on another reason why you should get this little deck of cards. So with that, that's about all I have to say about the open war card pack that you can get for Warhammer 40k. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to let me know. Um, you can hit us up at the JHAM special at gmail.com, JHAM special on Twitter, or you can find me as Real JHAM just about every social media and gaming platform that there is. If you um, want to talk about different recommendations for future episodes, whether or not it's Magic the Gathering, Warhammer 40k, Dungeons and Dragons, feel free to let me know. I'll be happy to jump in. Some of these episodes have been made from viewers um, or listeners offering me uh, different advice on where to go and asking me questions. So until next time, you guys be good to yourself, and uh, I will go ahead and roll out the end with a sponsor.